1: welcome to Spirit Sisters. Um we are ecstatic that our technology has finally worked. Are you there, Deb? I'm here. I'm here. Yay. Yay.
0: Yes, <laughs> this New has Year's been an Santa. adventure. <laughs>
1: Happy New Year to you, and and we send a, a big hug and Happy New Year to all of you that have found your way to our uh, podcast tonight. Um, we're doing this a bit early in the week, uh, earlier than our normal episode. Um, we have been trying to master the art of pre-recording and have not had much luck, so um, thus the early uh, show. So... Um, We want to just give you the format if it's your your first time for coming to listen to us. And uh, we're delighted that you found your way. And for everyone who's been listening before, welcome back. Um, We start, yeah, we, we, uh, uh, Debbie has an introduction to the uh, topic tonight. And uh, she can share with you a little bit about what the show is going to be about. Go ahead. Yeah,
0: this is about dreaming, you guys, Um, which, you know, we all Maybe, if you don't remember your dreams all the time, at least you know that you have dreamt, and there's probably a few that have been hanging around your memory, and you're wondering why. why is it that some last for years It seems and it feel, feels like you've had them yesterday, and others seem so bizarre when you wake up and you're like what in the heck was that about and with but by the time you finished your first coffee in the morning you can't really remember it anymore so they are fascinating they've fascinated people for i'm sure since humans have existed on the earth and um you can imagine what your, you know the early cave people must have been thinking about. (laughs) of course they were probably a lot more enlightened than
1: we are sometimes but (laughs) true um, enough
0: yeah, yeah, but dreaming, you know, it something that can just happen to us, but we're going to talk a little bit about tonight about using your dreams consciously and with intent for healing and guidance and your own spiritual development and even magic, so, um, and I think we both have uh, some stories we're going to share and just some information, and, uh, but before we get to all that, uh, Shauna, you're going to open the space, the sacred space. I am so show. uh
1: yeah yes. so w- what I want everybody to do um is to settle into the space that you're in right now. I want you to take some kind of Uh, yoga breath where you push your belly out when you breathe in and suck it back in when you breathe out and fill your chest. So you're going to breathe in basically what will feel like pulling all your energy up from your feet as you breathe in, all the way up your chest to the top of your head, down the back of your body, and you're going to send your energy deep into the earth with your breath. And you're going to find and connect with the roots of a grandmother tree that's there. And it doesn't matter if you see it or you just feel it or you just know it or your intention is there. It's still the same thing. So we're going to do three of these. So here we go. We're going to breathe in through our nose, from the bottom of our feet, up our knees, into our belly, to our solar plexus, our chest, our throat, our third eye to the top of our head, down the entire length of our spine, the back of our legs, our knees, down our feet and deep into the earth and hook your energy around the roots of that tree and ground. Excellent. We're going to do that two more times. Here we go. Again, breathing up in your fullness all the way through the front of each part of your body. To the top of your head cascading down the back of your spine your knees your legs your feet deep into the earth and the roots of that tree and one more time up the front of your body each of those beautiful energy centers up to the top of your head down your back down your spine out your feet deep deep into the earth And connect with the roots of that tree and say to yourself, I am grounded and safe. Now what I want you to do is take all that your thinking mind has, your worries, your stress, just, you know, the daily experience and just put it in either a balloon and know that it's in safekeeping and you can get it back after we're done or into a box outside your front door. Just breathe it in. And send it out to either of those spaces, knowing that you can reconnect with it when we're finished. It just allows us to begin to come inward. And now I invite you with your in and out gentle breath to be aware of your breathing in and out of your body, wherever it is, on a chair, on the couch, on the floor, wherever you are standing or sitting. And one with that space and I call to all the powers of the four directions to the powers of the south the west the north the east and the center and all the elements that reside there I ask that we are aligned with you in this sacred space and ask you to hold a protected circle as we do this exploration as we connect with these sisters, and as we unpack and allow this energy to gently move us into sacred space. Breathe in. And breathe out. And connect. And I call to the ancestors of the light that love us from always, since always, and now, our higher selves, our power and dream animals, our spirit guides and archangels, to do the same. And now as we sit here in the sacred space, I want you to feel, hear, see, or know there is a huge, universal, beautiful, pink heart energy, a golden pink heart energy in the center of the circle. This is the center of the heartbeat of Grandmother Earth and the universal source of the Divine Mother. Take your intention and the fibers in your own heart and connect to that heart. And each of the women on this call and in the podcast to come when they listen to do the same. And there is no time and space. And as we connect, we are interdependent, uniquely individual, and connected from all time. And we allow that beautiful feminine energy of the heart to wash over us to guide us, to protect us as we breathe in and out. And I call to Grandfather's son and the masculine energy of the light to protect this circle as we do this work, as we unpack, stretch, explore, laugh, and find our way to the light. Home. Welcome.
0: Beautiful. So I'm going to talk a little bit about The Book of the Week, and I really only have one book that I've ever really um, consulted with for my dreaming, although I've dreamt very powerfully all of my life. um, Not everyone does, but you can certainly learn how to, and that's part of what our show is about tonight, if you're interested in learning how to remember your dreams more or just be a a more lucid or a vivid dreamer. Um, But this book is called The Complete Dream Dictionary, and it's a practical guide to interpreting your dreams by Pamela Ball and it was published by Prospero Books and I believe it was 1999 Um, and certainly there are if you go on Amazon or chapters there
1: are just
0: probably thousands of books on dreaming and dreams and what they mean there's also wonderful websites now and one of my favorites is called dreammoods.com I think it's just dreammoods.com and they are just a powerful Uh, an amazing bank of dream symbology and and literally you can think of anything and type it in and they'll probably have someone who's sent in a dream and they've had some kind of interpretation but i want to caution you that the interpretations are kind of just in general um you are the best interpreter of your dream so um it's, it's important to keep that in mind you can use the what other people have written about something that's come up in your dreams as a guide only like a general guide but sometimes it's a unique thing that means something unique for you so you know I in in the dream dictionary it could say a dog means companionship or whatever but in your world if a dog means something scary well that's a whole other thing so it's important to uh, remember that and she goes into a little bit of uh, the science behind dreaming Uh, about non-REM sleep versus REM and of course REM stands for rapid eye movement and since the 1930s scientists have been able to study the dream the brainwave patterns in our mind I can't believe it's been that far back but yeah the 1930s so it's been quite a few years that we've been looking at the brain and what people do when you sleep and of course the dreaming part has been long fascinating for for everyone scientists in particular, trying to decode that and what it really means. And um, and apparently our first REM period begins about 30 or actually 60 minutes after first falling asleep. And we go in and out of non-REM and REM about four to five times per night. And interestingly, the longest period of REM sleep for us is when your eyes are moving back and forth and they're Fluttering around is just before we wake up Which makes sense that some of the most powerful dreams or the dreams we tend to remember Are the ones we have just before we wake up So, um, and we'll certainly get into the different types in a minute Um,
1: First, I think, Shauna, you're going to do Goddess of the Week That's connected to me I am Yeah Yeah. Um, So the Goddess of the Week that I've chosen is Kuan Yin Now, many of you probably have heard of her before Um, She was typically a goddess of Asian uh, countries and their spiritual practices, but she's also um, a generalized goddess. She's the goddess of love, of acceptance, of healing, and more importantly, of compassion, of magic, children, health. Um, She hears the cries of the people and relieves all their suffering and uh, answers all their prayers. And um, part of the energy of Kuan Yin <clears throat> to connect with her is amethyst is the crystal um, and the color purple. And if you know anything about the chakras, you know that the color purple is the um Crown chakra, it can also be white. It depends on, you know, what your teachings are and where you've been trained. But for this purpose, uh, the majority of where uh, colors connected to the crown chakra are purple. And that is the color of Kuan Yin. Um, So One of the things that Amethyst does uh, that's connected to Kuan Yin is that it's a stone that deepens your connection to spirit and your own spirituality and gives you clarity in the spiritual realm as well as increasing your dreaming and your strengths. Um, Of your psychic ability So I thought tonight That it would be fitting To sort of connect with Kuan Yin And I encourage you to do your own research on her Um, But the ritual that I I I'm suggesting that you do is that you get a amethyst and it doesn't really matter how big or how small, make sure it's clean through salt water and uh, your intention, connect with that amethyst and ask it to work with you uh, to connect with Kuan Yin. Um, There, there is a school of thought that believes that you can basically demand a crystal or charge it, so to speak. But uh, I really like the idea of inviting a crystal to partner with you and to work its um, properties and, and healing abilities with you. And it's a collaboration like a friend. So you take the amethyst, you take whatever incense or a scent, uh, which can be, you know, anything from an incense stick to some smudge and you light that and you clear your space, you get grounded um Have a small purple candle, which also represents the element of fire and connecting with Kuan Yin. And on a Monday, which is the waxing moon, which just seems to align with connecting to the goddess and asking for um, intentions and prayer. I want you to settle into your space as you do this to breathe, and to ask Kuan Yin as you hold that crystal to your heart or your solar plexus and light that candle with the intention to connect with Kuan Yin. Ask her to hear your prayers. Ask her for her compassion and love and for her to allow you to deepen into your spiritual practice, to increase your psychic ability, and to connect with and to remember and understand your dreams. And, you know, just sit there and and allow yourself to pray and connect with her. And when you're done, blow out that candle, take that amethyst and put it in a pouch, put it in your pocket or carry it with you. Uh, Put it under your pillow when you dream and see what unfolds. Um, She's a very loving soft and powerful feminine energy. And uh, really, it will increase your ability to connect with your dreams because there is no time and space, as you probably know. So that's the (coughs) goddess of (laughs) Mm hmm.
0: Love it. So Mm -hmm. now we're going to get into different types of dreams. And again, most of you listening have remembered at least a few dreams in your life or you remember having a dream, at least. Maybe you don't remember what the dream was, but you remember having it. And apparently, you can dream during non-REM sleep, but they're often just shadowy or thought forms, or they're not really clear and distinct. And I certainly remember kind of having some of those, but I couldn't tell you what they were about. They're just kind of usually not in color, they're gray and white, they might be just fleeting thoughts, or more like, um, just kind of like you're in this sort of limbo place. But it's when you get into REM sleep, which is the rapid again, rapid eye movement, you sleep. Uh, in in the 90 minute intervals we spend in this REM period, and the different kinds of dreams you can have during this sleep are often anxiety dreams, and we all kind of know what those are like because we're usually um, in a situation where we're very very uncomfortable, like we're either naked in a public place, or a common one is not ready for a test or an exam, and you have to write one right away. Um, or you're delaying a departure, like you're trying to get somewhere in time and you can't quite get there, um, you're driving a car way too fast, or you're in the passenger seat with someone else driving the car way too fast or out of control, or um, you're not driving well, um, a very common one. And I used to have a, this type of re- reoccurring dream, which is a, another type of anxiety dream <laughs> of being chased. And you're being chased by either a scary animal or someone in authority or um, it could be anything. Somebody, obviously, you don't want or something you don't want to catch you and you're being, you're hiding and trying not to be found. And they're awful dreams because you wake up and you're just, you know, you're, your heart's beating fast and it's, you know, can be really scary. They can almost be in the nightmare situation. Um Another one is using the toilet in full view of others, or you have to go to the bathroom. and can't find a bathroom with a door, or the walls are only halfway, so everyone can see you using the bathroom, but no one seems to mind you using the bathroom except you. (laughs) That's another common one. At least I'm talking about my own. uh, You you can jump in here, Shauna, if you have had any that uh, you can remember. Oh, I think we I I would
1: be surprised if people haven't had versions of any of those dreams. Really, I think they're universal. Yeah.
0: yeah, they are. And another one that's very common is losing your teeth. And um I haven't had this one until recently actually and I woke up and it was awful because my teeth were coming out in pieces and they were or they were moving around and they were all different when I'd open my mouth and and I'd be like, Oh my goodness and I when I woke up and I was like, Interesting, I've not had that one before so I looked it up in my trusty dream dictionary and, um, and it's about lo- the fear of losing your youth. I thought, well, that kind of makes sense. as I am 30, but uh, no. oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, Yeah. Again? again. Are you 30 again? again? 30 again. <laughs> yeah, I'm 30 again. So, you and I both girl. Interesting, interesting. Cause I had not actually had that one before. So I thought, oh, okay, so that must be somewhere in my subconscious.
1: Interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: So, so that's where dreams can be um, very, useful because they can give you clues on stuff that you're not really consciously dealing with or you kind of know it but you're tucking it under the you know the rug and dreams don't let you get away with anything it's just they stuff bubbles up from the surface and it says aha here you go you're really afraid of not being prepared you're not you're afraid of being vulnerable you're afraid of losing your youth you're afraid of you know looking like you you are in control or whatever those universal things that we all have and i don't care who you are how successfully you've been in your life um we all have these uh these things at the core of us and that we just like to not think about but dreams they don't let us which is probably often why we don't tend to remember them <laughs> we don't want to remember them um and of course nightmares we've all had nightmares and they're they're kind of you know don't really need to be much explanation, but it's just an anxiety dream probably amped up to the max where something horrible is happening or you're falling. um we've all probably all had that experience where you're about to step off a step or whatever and you're falling, and you wake up kind of in the middle of the fall and but we're not really wanting to focus on those tonight because those are really about they can be helpful in the way that if you look at them very sort of logically and kind of how you felt and what topic and metaphor it's bringing to the surface, That that's the way it can be helpful. But we're talking about a very special kind of dream, which usually only happens a few times in your lifetime. Um, they are dreams that are often called healing dreams. Or, Shauna, you've called them medicine dreams before, haven't you? Or,
1: or yeah.
0: I, um, there's different terms for them, I think, depending yeah. on your teachings. But, yeah. yeah but I've often heard them called them healing dreams. Yeah. yeah. And they're very yeah. powerful Uh, the quality is very different in them Um, they're usually very extremely vivid and colorful and the details are are very very um, they're amazingly detailed Um, you often have them reoccurring They can recur although he dreams can also reoccur but these types are generally um, the healing dreams can reoccur or they can be a one-off that are just powerful and huge Um, You you tend to remember them all day, all week, and even for years. And I have some that I remember, like since I was a teenager, I've had, which is quite extraordinary when I think about most dreams are like wisps of smoke. If you don't write them down, as soon as you wake up, you've lost them. Um, Many are rich in metaphor and meaning. And even if it isn't obvious right away, um, they're extremely... Uh, full of power and meaning and
1: sometimes it takes a
0: while to kind of figure those out do you find that Shauna
1: yeah and I think um, one of the things I want to add is that these are um, dreams that are Part of your own um, ability, psychically, intuitively, in in the gifts that you have come with, and um, that's why in the traditions that I followed in a variety of traditions, it's seen as medicine. So it means it's powerful healing, it's powerful um, intention, it's powerful magic and alchemy, and mm-hmm. and it's something that these types of dreams you you feel. In your body, even though you are asleep, they yeah. are. Yeah, um, that is very true. Typically, yeah. yeah. Typically, people. Uh, so it's the spiritual aspect of the dreaming that Debbie is talking about that we're sharing with you, and and it's mm-hmm. that part of uh, yeah. what a lot of people consider to be lucid dreaming. But it's more than actually a lucid dream. There are different yeah. levels of spiritual dreaming and medicine dreaming um of creation and of message getting and you know a lot of other things so the lucid dream is sort of like a higher end of dream ability and then there's this other part that Debbie's trying to to allude to um that I call medicine dreams and she calls healing dreams where where we are actually awake in our dream body yeah. so um, yeah. one of the things that takes place for us is that You know, our awareness is um, not limited. What's limited is our mind's ability to understand our awareness. And that's a really critical difference, you know. So it's, it's our mind that cannot stretch into and open up unless... Things happen like that's typically, for example, when something traumatic happens, the brain kind of opens up and then shuts down. But in the opening up part for survival, miraculous things happen. That's when you hear people, you know, lifting cars off people and and strength that they don't normally have. Mm -hmm. That's the mind and that adrenaline kind of expanding you. And then, of course, Mm. during trauma, it it closes like a trap door. But uh, there are ways in which to open your thinking in your mind, to step out Mm. of your everyday world, and to actually connect with that higher part of yourself that is your deeper soul intuition and and the place that's connected to everything. You know, Mm. um, I think...
0: Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that I know I'm having a healing dream when I see the same person in my dream that's helping me. Um, although they're they're in many different um, disguises, they, could, they can be a man, they can be, they are most often show up as a woman, but it's the eyes that give it away every time. It's these really vivid blue eyes that this person has, and they're the very earliest one I can remember. Um, was when I was about six or seven years old and I wanted to know how to how to braid hair. And my mom didn't know how to braid hair to teach me. And I remember going to sleep that night or laying down to go to sleep and I was just absolutely um, determined that I was going to learn how to braid hair. And that night, and I can remember it just like it happened, this woman with long gray hair was teaching me how to braid her hair. And she had these blue, blue, blue eyes, and I was being shown exactly how to braid hair. And when I got up that next morning, I was so excited. I got my doll, and I braided her hair, and I showed my mom. And she's like, "Um, how did you know how to do that? And I just shrugged my shoulders, and I remember saying, oh, I dreamt it, you know, and walked away kind of thing. And my mom was like, okay. (laughs) You're kind of messed with her a little bit. But um, all through my life. I can, when I've had a dream um, that's been very helpful and they're always very, very um, meaningful and helpful and kind of, they're sometimes prophetic. They've predicted things that will happen or, or they're giving me some kind of information or, or assurance that everything was going to be okay. There's always the same person that shows up in this dream. And um, like I say, they, they have many different faces. But it's always the eyes, and I know when I look into their eyes that it's the same person, and they give me this kind of little knowing, little smile, like ah, you know. <laughs> so so, I don't know why so showing up in different people, but yeah. well, that's okay but, because
1: it's it's yeah. the the messenger is is the um, exterior different person, but the energy yeah. is your spirit guide. Yeah, and, you know, we have God, guides for sure, for many I things. I know who
0: they are. Yeah. Right, it's kind right. of like a game. It's like, "Oh, did you guess who I am? Oh, okay, there you are. <laughs> they never think to change their eyes, so it's
1: really interesting so so yeah. so that's that's definitely a type of dreaming, so that that's what we're talking about that there are different types of dreams. So Debbie's talking yes. about an experience over and over again with her spirit guide in her dreaming, and one of the things that you know she's sharing with us is that she gets teachings in those dreams that help her with everyday life. Uh, her spirituality, yep. I know she's shared that kind of thing with me before, and a variety of other things. And then there are dreams that, you know, dream teachers come in your dreams. So your spirit guide is, you know, a guide, but also a teacher for you in the dream. You know, yep. and, and yep. Uh, aboriginal uh, folks call them, you know, kachinas, dream kachinas. Um, other people call them dream teachers or dream masters or uh, elders or, you know, there's lots of names for um, who come to be with us. And, and you know, um, I think it's really important that there are lots of spiritual traditions that actually um, talk in a variety of ways about the dream um, landscape, so to speak, that in the dream is really just as vivid and real as our everyday life. We have, like I said in the earlier part of this conversation, our mind is anchored in our everyday kind of secular world, and our spirit has to make room and space inside our mind for us to be able to open up to a a deeper consciousness, so to speak. Um, you know, and Carl Jung, who I absolutely love, and I think you do too, Deb, uh-huh. that it was, you know, a very big proponent of exploring dreamscapes. But more importantly, he really understood the psyche. He sort of coined that term, you know, I know Freud talked about it before, but Carl Jung had a whole other level of that. And and what Carl brought to the consciousness of the world is the understanding that our understanding mind and our conscious mind are part of that psyche and the psyche, yes. although it can live in the mind, is a part of everything in the universe. It's that yes. idea that we are embodied in consciousness so way more than thinking, way more than you know our mind and our emotion but we are metaphysical beings part of the energy of psyche, so to speak. So what that translates in into matter, is that um, we are an outward manifestation of everything that's ever been, and it lives in our DNA, in our bones, in our blood, in the generations behind and forward. And there really is no time and space. So so part of our job is to connect with this universal energy, which he called the Buddha essence, which I love. (laughs) And it emanates, into all of existence. And and you know, that sounds kind of woo-woo to a lot of people because only because in our mind we can't stretch. And and Debbie and I have talked about this and and Debbie's talked about this earlier. It's hard to find language for an explanation about that type of thing. How yeah, I think yeah. you did a beautiful job of sharing that very private um mystical experience about your dreaming and your guides in a way that people could be comfortable with talking about it from your childhood experience right Mm -hmm. because that makes Mm -hmm. it more comfortable for people because for some reason we are terrified of that deeper unknown so the key to dreaming in in and this is the kind of dreaming that's beyond even a lucid dream and lucid dreams means clarity you know, and I believe I don't know whether it's Latin or, but that's the translation. So <clears throat> it's it's about taking control of your dream and translate it into everyday life. What that means is, it means that you go into the dream, and you are actually awake in that dream, and you know you're awake because, um, like Debbie said, it's full of colors and it's like you are walking around in your everyday, only in your dreamscape. And you see your dream body, and oftentimes you can see yourself lying in the bed being asleep. And I dream like this a lot, and I have for years. So, you know, I I leave my body, and my body is comfortable in the bed, and I go out, and typically people say you go out the top of your head. Some people say you go out uh, an energy corridor around your heart in the center of your chest. It depends on the teaching. And then your energy body, your dream body, it's called, goes out into the everything. And you can go anywhere because it's kind of like a Harry Potter movie. <coughs> you know, out there in the dream, mm-hmm. there's multiple realms right and we're just scratching the surface so as you're out there dream teachers have told me that the next thing that you do if you want to control your dreaming is you want to find a mirror and look in your own eyes and you might hear like a crack or a noise that's you activating your dream body and then you can go anywhere with your intention just your intention and your energy will take you there and why it's lovely, <clears throat> it's like, say, um, I've done this for dream teachers. So I want to learn some kind of alchemy or magic or a spiritual teaching or something like that. And so I'll do that. And out I go. I meet my, I ask for my spiritual teacher. And you ask for them three times. Uh, you ask their name three times to make sure they're not, you know, just floating energy. <clears throat> and then you can get all sorts of things like... Debbie got with that teacher in her dream where she didn't have to do much. And um, the teachings I've got is that the things that happen in our everyday world take place and get choreographed in our dream time three months before. So think about that. So if we have the ability to be more clear and awake in our dreaming, however you can do that, then we can go out to manifest The things that we want, a healing, relationships, uh, spiritual teachings, like it's unlimited. And then you will come back in your body. And for me, and I've heard this from other people, it's like I hear a loud bang. Not always, but in the beginning of my dreaming techniques, I would hear a loud bang and it would sort of startle me a little bit. Like I had crash landed in my body. (laughs) <laughs> and I've actually heard people calling it that, um and then, as I refined it, I don't have that crash landing now, and I can be more gentle and still stay asleep. You know um there are uh, recently, I had um a dream where I had found someone I'd been searching for who I haven't seen in everyday world for a really long time. we're talking probably twenty years. <clears throat> and I'd been thinking about them off and on and had sort of given up hope that I would find them. and I found them in the dreamscape as clear as a bell and it was and and I had that same sensation. So my sensations are visceral. so I feel it in my body. I can see my dream body, I can see my hands, I can see my physical body sleeping in the bed and then I'm in this dreamscape. And then I woke up a little bit and came back in my body went back to sleep and three more times I went back to the next part of that dream. That's controlled dreaming. That's beyond lucid yeah. dreaming. Right? Yeah. And, and, and then the final thing was I had this dream where a loved one a, uh, someone I knew had passed and a loved one of that person unbeknownst to me had a visitation of that person's energy and on the night that visitation happened the person said you know basically I don't want to have you in my space and that person who had passed on really had a message for that person and they came to me that night in the dream as clear as a bell with a particular message I had a conversation with the person who said to that spirit no thank you and shared this and said look I don't know why this person came to me and when that yeah. person got that information, it was the information that they were seeking. So, wow. you know, yeah. we are so profoundly interconnected. I, I, I think that's why I love yeah. Carl Jung's work, eh? Yeah, and the, archa- and the
0: whole idea around archetypes. And yes. you know, dreams are, are the language of metaphor and, exactly. and um, imagery. And it's much more right. deeper than language because a, a metaphor like a house, is the metaphor for yourself and the rooms are your different aspects of your personality. And the, depending if it's the attic is the, you know, the the higher self and the basements, the subconscious. And it's just, it's brilliant. I, I mean, there's many times I've woken up and gone, that is freaking brilliant how that can but, be all that meaning inside of that metaphor. And, and for me, it, it was just, sometimes it's moved me to tears how amazing it is. It's just incredible. It and amazing. I had an, I dream similar to what your experience was only it was um someone who has not passed yet He's still very much alive, but it was an elderly uh, parent of a friend of mine. And in the dream, he came to me, and I saw her as well, but she was very visibly upset. And but he he came to me to give a message to her. So, wow. uh, you know, texted her the next day or and emailed her, and I said, uh, I'm not quite sure. And I knew she's opened all this stuff. And she said, yep, that makes sense. Thank you very much. Wow. and and that was the first time that I had had that happen, where someone and I—I I thought maybe he had passed away. I wasn't sure, but he yeah. actually hasn't, and he's still alive to no. this day. This was quite a few years ago. So, but I was going to well, say that, that too type too. of dream is the ancestor visit, or or you know when you if someone has passed and it's been a few months and and or it could be a few weeks, or they often try to come through in the dream world because yep. it's the way they can access us. But we have to be ready, of course, and a lot of times grief can get in the way of that. So if you're listening and you've lost someone and it's been recent and you're still in those early days or, or, you know, there's no real set time where you should be um, done your grieving, because I don't think you're ever done, but um, you know, be patient and just ask, you know, like I just, I asked to open that idea and that intent to uh, have them come and, and visit with me. And it can be very, very, um, I remember as a teenager, we lost a friend in a car accident, and he wasn't a close friend of mine, but we were all, it was a very small school, so we all knew each other really well, and he came to me in a dream, and I remember waking up feeling very comforted, and I told my friends that I had dreamt about this person, and, and it gave them comfort, so I I know that that was the, the purpose of it, and I knew it was real, I knew it was as real as, because I could feel the hug, and it was amazing, yeah. Yeah, it so he I was just something letting similar when I was, 16,
1: was Okay. Yeah, I was yeah, 16 years yeah, old, and a friend. Evening, uh, yeah. yeah, a friend of a friend had, but, but I knew this man, this young man, and uh, he uh, had a very bad accident. And on the night he had a bad accident, his spirit came to me to say goodbye and tell me what happened. And when I woke up in the morning, friends were, yeah. I got to school, people were telling me how he died, and when he died is when yeah. he visited me. And and it's yep. just those experiences. But but I, I I love this idea about the metaphor because I think it's really important to go back to. I think one mm. of the things that we we I know Debbie and I have talked about it ourselves as mediums and psychics and as people who do healing work. We get messages in particular ways and in symbols that are meaningful to us, and in mm-hmm. in language that's meaningful to us. And our job has always been to, first of all, understand what does that mean for us, because, you know, when you're first exploring these things, you have to understand the language it's coming in, whether it's pictures or actual words or symbols. And then once you get comfortable with who you are and how you get messages and how they relate to you and you can decipher them, then it's, it's a part of uh, understanding your dream language. because. Yes. You know, yeah. just because houses represent uh, ourselves, and I dream about houses a lot, which, you know, I'm very self reflective, so it does make sense. It's also more than that, you know, it could just be that. It could just be it is a physical house, like, or it could be something more that's specific, like Debbie said earlier, yes. to just you. And so, your job is to take all this information that we share and any that you can find and sort of settle into what is it, how does it come to me, what does it mean when it comes to me, and, you know, um, how do I interpret that? For example, today... My uh, partner and I were talking about, you know, refining some things in our lives and and looking at ways to make uh, changes and transitions because we do that in the new year. I suppose a lot of people do. And as we're doing that, it's a very critical part of this kind of creative talk. (laughs) These two huge ravens came with mice and sat in our tree and had lunch. So for me... As a medicine person, uh, those are messengers of spirit uh, because of my lived experience. I know this for me. And, you know, in terms of the food, it was about a lot of what we were talking about, not about actual physical food, but having what you need and having things be effortless. And that. Yeah. Exactly.
0: So yeah, there was an outward sure.
1: manifestation as a message that was as loud as a poster board that said, you're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and Spirit. and you so, could have
0: had that as a dream symbol, like that would be that's how where I was I it would come to you. So, so exactly. that's where you know, sometimes people say, oh, "I had the most bizarre dream." Like those are the ones that fascinate me the most because me they're too. probably the most juicy in in delicious re- detail of of yep. you know if you could just sit there and like they're like a puzzle. So our yeah, job, if we take, if we choose to take it on, and I think. It's it's so critical, uh, at least for me anyway, uh, to have a dream journal right by my bed. So I if I have a real good juicy one, yeah, if you have a good Get juicy up. one, the weirder <laughs> the better. Just yeah. make sure you write it down as soon as you wake yeah. up, or as soon as you can. Because um, what I find happens, if you don't, you tend to remember, but just the bits and pieces, oh, like if yeah. forget the context of it, like there's, the, you knew there was way oh, more, yeah. like you're like, oh, you go to tell somebody, you're like, I know yep. there was way more to it, but this is what I remember the most. And of course, the thing that you remember that it distilled down to is obviously the most important part, because otherwise right. you wouldn't remember it. But um, right. it's really fun. And I've done this many times as I've gone back and written reread the dreams that I've recorded and yep. what's so cool is you get you see themes and patterns and yep. and I have had so many aha moments as I reread my dreams, because yep. it's like, Oh my God, that showed up again in that dream. And, but this time it's this way, because I've, yeah, I've, I've dealt with that. That's really cool. So in a lot of ways, it's kind of like free therapy, really. <laughs> if you're, if you're able to utilize it and you, and yeah. you choose to do it, it, it can be, it's a powerful, powerful way to discern, you know, your, what your higher self is trying to tell you and what your spirit guide is trying to tell you. And, but it's, um, well, yeah. you know, and if, you, if you go, if you look at it as a, as a, from a place of curiosity and, um, exactly. you know, just discovery, a sense of
1: adventure. And, and a
0: sense of adventure, and not take right. it all so serious, um, it, seems to, it seems like that's when spirit delights and, and it will send you
1: even more dreams. So be careful what you wish for.
0: Sometimes.
1: Well, <laughs> okay. and, and yeah, one thing true. to remember yeah. is when we're sleeping, our guard is down. You know, that mind yeah. does not have control over our spirit yeah. in the same yeah. way. Yeah. So the element of the dream and the energy of that is available to us. And, and yeah, you know, sure. so your important thing to remember about dreaming is just to try to understand it in relationship to you first and foremost. And what yeah. does that mean for you? And test it out yeah. and allow yourself to make mistakes And and it can be used to create what you want. And, and you know, that's your intention and the power of your intention, moving into the dream and having the energy and health to go out of your body into the dream. You know, some of the Mm -hmm. techniques that you can use is take a glass of water to bed. And you can do two things. You can just have a glass of water at your bedside or you can ask a crystal to work with you and put it into your water and and allow it to filter the water to help you to dream you go and the book Mm -hmm. beside with a pen and then the intention before smudge your bedroom because you've got to realize that your bedroom is the most sacred space because you're open you're wide open when you sleep unless you've got techniques to close your chakras which you can do by the way um so you know, you have to remember if you have an argument in there and it's best not to argue in your bedroom, but if you do, clear the space. And Um, um, you can do things like put crystals around your room for protection and for support for dreaming. And then you can have the intention before you go to bed and pray and ask your guides and ancestors that love you to help you to remember your dreaming. And Debbie's right. So you wake up from the dream Drink a little bit of the water. That sort of anchors you into the moment and allows that crystal energy to be infused in that space. Immediately write it down and then go back to sleep. And, and uh, you know, um, I've heard of teachers have told me to take a crystal in my left hand and do that same exercise. And what you're trying to do is keep the crystal in your hand all night and it increases your uh, arendae or your spiritual energy, your your life force, and increases your ability to access the dream. And one of the other things is a dream bundle. You can make an actual dream bundle and bless and awaken it. So um, there's lots of things, and I can maybe put a little document together and put it up somewhere on our website if I can figure out how to do that. Um, But mugwort um, um, is an herb that is powerful for dreaming, Uh, lavender, uh, and there's a lot of other herbs, which I will try and find some information for you, like I said. And then you take some herbs. You take crystals that you're drawn to that speak to you after you've cleaned and cleared them. You take uh, a little bit of your hair because your essence is in there. You know, you can take some of the earth from where you live. Um, You can put some flower Uh, real flowers or dried flowers in it so you're making a bundle of power right and so the key to remember about making bundles it's what you're drawn to and what feels good to you and the herbs that will facilitate dreaming and lavender is lovely for that and you can be dried or fresh. It doesn't really matter. So you put it in a bundle and you hold it to your navel and you you can bless and awaken it by, you know, praying to it and asking it to help you like you do with crystals. You can do a big circle and awaken it with cigarette smoke or, you know, uh, some cultures use alcohol spray. You can, you know, there's lots of ways that you can do it. Um, and And then sleep with it under your pillow or around your neck if you have that kind of bundle and just see what comes and always pray for it to be effortless and protected. And, um, you know, I think that that's three quarters of the work, our intentions. Don't you think, Deb? Oh, yeah. Setting
0: intentions. So anything, you know, anything that focuses your intention on remembering your dreams, helps yep. it, getting them to help you um, yep. and you will find results like it, it, it has to happen because you have commanded it to so um, yeah I, I think probably if I had said someone like Shauna in my life early in my life, it would have been very helpful when I had my first set of dreams and I tend to have them in threes I don't know about you Shauna but it,
1: interesting.
0: you've ever had I've had my dreams no. in threes and I, I'll just briefly share because we're getting we've got about 10 minutes left but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll share you with you my very first set of dreams and I, I would say this is almost a turning point for me when I look back on it but I was just a teenager I was probably I think I was in grade 11 so I had to be 16 17 years old and I had a first dream I had a um, I remembered it while I was at school the next day it's funny because I I had this dream but I did not remember it first thing when I woke up I looked at my hand in class and in the dream I had a whole perfect perfectly round hole stamped into my left hand but the skin on top of my hand was intact so it sounds really gross but there was no blood or anything and I'm really squeamish mm. you have to know this about me so
1: for yes, me to I remember do. this
0: I remember <laughs> I, I do. felt the entire thing in my body I'm in class the next day in real life and well quote unquote real life and I'm remembering yeah. this dream and I'm looking at my left hand and I remember in the dream I was sticking my right index finger up through the hole and poking at the skin on the top of my left hand and making like a tent. It was a bizarre Mm -hmm. dream. And I thought, whoa. So I let that go. I thought, okay, I must have had too many nachos before I went to bed or, you know, because I was 16 years old. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what was going on. The next dream I had was maybe a few nights later. And the dream was I'm at the beach, my favorite place in the world. There's a very brisk wind blowing from right to left. And I'm sure that means something. I'm thinking, you know, the, the intuition to the intellect, you could interpret it for me. Showing it, but it's blowing <laughs> the skin off my the lower part of my legs in strips. And I can see the pieces of skin blowing off. So, again, sounds gross and, and you know, kind of weird. And, again, being a squeamish person... <laughs> But the detail, I could see the skin. I could see the holes where the hair would be through the skin. I could see the wrinkles of the skin. If you've ever peeled skin from a sunburn, you can see the little wrinkles. I could see every fiber of my muscles. I could see all the anatomy was right there. And the mm-hmm. the ocean was super sparkly. I could see every diamond on the on the ocean waves. And, and I was just super peaceful as I'm watching the skin blow off my legs. Now I wake up from that one and I go, oh my gosh, I'm really in trouble now. Like, <laughs> But I remember I just would wake up from these dreams feeling very peaceful. And then the third dream was I was play, actually playing golf on my grandparents' lawn, which I didn't play golf as a, as a child or even now as an adult. And hey. I dug up <laughs> with my golf club an egg in the lawn. And I'm looking at the lawn oh, and wow. I cut the egg in half and I can see the embryo of of whatever was in the egg as vividly it's still alive and I can see it. I'm feeling bad that I've hurt the egg, but I'm fascinated with the way it looks. So, so that was my third dream. And they were very quick. They probably lasted maybe 15, 20 seconds. Like they weren't very mm-hmm. long, these dreams. So in looking back on, it, of course you put it in, in the, I don't know what the heck that was file. Of and course. you stuff it away. And I share these because, I want to give you an example of what a vivid healing dream is like it's it's probably the most bizarre dreams you're ever going to have but they're just packed with meaning so the first dream I believe was eventually because I was going to be using my hands for healing and that's where the chakra of your hands are and the left is your receiving side so I was receiving this healing ability. And the second dream, I believe, is that I would be letting go of my outer self. I'd be looking deeper within myself and and letting that go. And I'm still working on that one. I'm I'm not quite sure. But skin would be, you know, your your mask or your social mask. And the legs, of course, is your root. So the round, you know, my tribe and where I've come from and in my ancestry, I, I guess. Um, it's still one that I, it just puzzles me the most. And the third one, of course, egg is about potential and seeing what you're meant to do. And, and golfing is something that I had never tried before. So, you know, it was around trying something new and different and revealing in the earth, because this egg was in the earth when I dug deep, that I have this potential and this ability. And and um, and I think it speaks to where I'm at in my life today. So way back then, I guess this would be 30 years ago now, um yeah, I've had, I, it, it was telling me this is. these are clues about your life's path. And I've been had many more vivid dreams, but um, those were the most profound. And the first ones I remember having. The braid dream was kind of like I expected to have that dream. and Well, I didn't expect to have the dream. I just expected to learn. I didn't even question that it happened in a dream. It didn't seem weird to me at all that it happened in a dream.
1: So well, back then,
0: I was very good at using my dreams, right? Like I, I it wasn't a weird, make- it wasn't a weird idea. Yeah,
1: that's because that's, that's the other thing that I think is important for people to know, that there are different uh, gifts that we are all given, meaning we all have talents and psychic abilities of one sort or another, but we are wired with one or two or three that are sort of like our main uh, strength. It's not that we yes. don't have the other ones, but they may not be as strong. So one of the things that mm-hmm. Debbie and I have talked about a lot is being um, we're, we're dreamers. And and I can remember my mother, who was terrified of spirituality, as I said to you, until later in life. And even then, I think she tripped in and out of it. Um, she was a powerful, powerful dreamer. And she would have... Okay. Uh, we have Scottish ancestry and she would literally have dreams about this Scottish castle that eventually later in life I found when she was gone. And it's actually our ancestor castle she was dreaming about. And it would scare her because she was probably having residual lived memory that she couldn't cope with. You know, maybe she was a warrior back then, who knows? And you know, I have, a long line, apparently, of of dreaming women in my family, and mm-hmm. you know, dreaming medicine in women is is um, typically uh, an, a more natural bent for women and intuition, because. Mm-hmm. Um, the our moon cycles like i don't know Debbie if you know i don't i don't have moon cycles anymore um i'm a crone already and um but back in the day when i had them my dreaming and my intuition was at a higher state and the medicine people used to tell me that that you know part of the sad part of introduction to to um different cultures into aboriginal cultures is you know in various cultures is it taints the male female balance right with misogyny Mm. and so typically women were not allowed in sweat lodges for example in a lot of different traditions because of their moon cycle and a lot of superstition was around you know women and and african traditions where women were um more powerful and could take over the energy of medicine men back in the day, which is, you know, ridiculous. But but that's yeah, misogyny yeah. in itself. So, mm-hmm. But the, the truth of the essence inside that lie is that women's power time is actually typically at Menzies. So even when mm-hmm. you're in a crone time like me, who I don't have that anymore, um, your cycle of that period of time, instead of birthing an actual physical Uh, like the preparation for an egg to drop weeks later after Menzies, right? Instead of that happening, what you're doing in a chrome time is you're making space for that uh, potential dream or idea or energy, right? Instead of a physical egg. Love it. So, do you so feel like we that's where
0: fibroids come from? Do you think absolutely fibroids are, that's where from. are dreams I can, or ideas that can't be birthed? Oh, or,
1: absolutely, because yeah. I was in Always I was in my late forties. I started perimenopause when I was thirty seven. Went back to university when I was forty two, and went into a very linear, not a scientific degree, but a, you know there was a lot of linear thinking and analytical maleness about university, and mm-hmm. I went through right through to get my master's degree and. I had fibroids. That's when Uh, they started when I was in university. Interesting, because you were suppressing that side of Uh, you. Well, I told you when I went back to university, university. I thought all this medicine stuff was silly because I was so Uh, inundated. I remember you put that away because you were cool. I did. I (laughs) literally put them in a box, all my medicine stuff, and that's that's when I got fibroids. Yep. So interesting, isn't that time and space? There is no time. um, For sure. I'm aware that we have. Two minutes and 43 seconds. Yes. Oh, we could talk forever. Is there anything else? Yeah. Would like to share um, with everybody?
0: I don't know. I, I'd like to invite people to really explore the, the metaphors that are, are uh, kind of, you know, acknowledged as is basically our, our, our typical, like, uh, you know, how a mode of transportation is in your dreams if you're finding yourself in a car or a train or a bus, those are very different ways of getting around. And those are often how you carry yourself through life. If you're power. the driver of the car, you're in control. If you're the passenger, you might feel like someone else is in control of your life. Um, it's about your power, exactly. How you're powering yeah. yourself through the world. A bicycle, which was in one of my very most favorite power dream that I've ever had, medicine dream or healing dream, um, right after we came back from New York. Oh, well, that's another show.
1: Yes, <laughs> it <laughs> is. We'll do that.
0: Exper- yeah, you've got to have heard of the dot thing. If you haven't, go back to, I don't know which one it was, but... <laughs> <laughs> Talked about that, but I was on a bicycle, and of course, that's about balance and and um, maintaining your balance. And roads are very symbolic, you know. Is the road bumpy? Is it
1: oh, is it up a hill? You got 90 seconds, up? Deb. Oh my goodness! So okay, so, so I want to make sure. To those things. Yeah, we and I want to make sure space. that we close sacred space. So I want mm-hmm. you all to just take a big breath in and out. And I release all the energies that I call tonight, and I thank you for coming to be with us, and I send love and light to you and to them, and may we all be blessed with beautiful, magical dreams. Yes, tonight and always. Let's all
0: dream. And always. Sending our love. Yes. 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 And we'd love to hear from you on our, uh, our Facebook page, Spirit Sisters. And you'll find under Teachers, there's an email button. You can email us your dreams or anything that you have to share. We'd love to hear from you. We're uh, re- pre-recording this. We're going live, but we've actually pre-recorded it a day before we usually go. So we won't be able to take any calls yet. But uh, we are working on that. And um, our Twitter is Spirit Sisters. Um we'd love to hear from you. So if you'd love to share what you've
1: experienced in the dream world, we'd love to hear about it. And um, and, and send us some ideas for shows you want to hear too. Yeah, we'd love that. we'd love to hear more conversations, well. ladies.
0: Yes, we've got lots of ideas to set up, but we love yeah, we just love to hear your your ideas and thoughts and uh we thank you so much for joining us and uh taking an hour out of your time and out of your day and your life to to have this conversation. Thanks a lot. Bye.
1: Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon.